It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. What day is it? February 3rd. The full month of love is in full swing, but what do we do here? The physical delivery of gold and silver. It's so easy. Give us a call, 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Arlene's in today to take your phone calls, answer your questions, walk you through your order, or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Point and click, it's that easy. You can take a look at the products, order right there, and we deliver. And then you can get the news to disturb the comfortable where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. All of this, every bit of it is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner. He's a legacy of what I call him. Second generation family business running a family way. I don't know what all that means. I know this. He worked hard to make sure you're in the know. Joe Jaquin, it's Friday. Congratulations. You made it to another Friday. Awesome. We, we got here. You got here. I thought Eric just walked in. He did. He's, he's in. He's out. I don't know what he's doing. Let's go I really you know. out. It, it, it's the month of love, and uh, I kind of like that considering Homer's nickname with uh, our buddies is the love. So uh, happy February. What is it? The, the third day of February. Uh, the government came out with, with their jobs numbers, and, and we got all of that lined up for you. Another solid week uh, for both the gold and the silver markets. Uh, we got so many different ways now for you to tune in and, and, and get the news. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Patriot One now. Uh, I, and I guess I'm turning into a social media guy. I mean, I've been firing off tweets all week this week. Uh, make sure you get out there, follow us if you're one of those Twitter people. Uh, the podcast, right, on SoundCloud, you can follow us there. Uh, we're getting Facebook rolling. We got our new blog. You know, I didn't blog anything yesterday because there really just wasn't a whole lot to blog about. Uh, but obviously after the jobs number today, I'll, I will be doing that. Uh, you know, it's your younger brother's birthday today? It was yesterday. Yesterday? My brother Romero, he's a high school teacher in Jerome, Idaho, and a history teacher. Well, well, well. How about that? There you go. Happy birthday to your brother. You know, the funny thing is, is you made that comment about how we're getting older, and I'll tell you, it's terrible. Well, I just thought to myself, he turned 47. That was the little guy that was the... Smart kid in the class. He worked hard. Good work. Well, I was a bum. He was a hard-working, good guy when we were kids and stuff. But he was always just a little smaller than me. Never. Well, you're kind of a bigger guy. You don't sound like a big guy, but you're a bigger guy. But you know, the uh, I'm getting injured sleeping now. That's called getting older. Yeah. Yeah, it's the worst. Like, right at the, the other night, in the middle of the night, I mean, it was like 2.30 in the morning. I mean, I was almost crying. I was. I woke up my wife because I was screaming. I had this... Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a dream in Hillary one in that dream. <laughs> I don't know. You're crying. Yeah, no, I can... I was doing my job. <laughs> mean-spirited. The mean-spirited dream. Oh, I got this cramp in my leg. And... I wish I could say, you know, man, I overdid it on the treadmill or I really worked out hard and, you know, I must over. No, that didn't happen. I 
did absolutely nothing to warrant any sort of cramp anywhere on my body. Oh, so this is a dietary issue that's causing your legs oh, to cramp. Dietary. Uh, <laughs> I do love bacon. No doubt about it. I do love bacon. Listen, one of our favorite places that we go to lunch has on the menu 12 strips of bacon. They call and it toast. the plate of bacon. The plate, and I, I have seen you order this multiple, multiple times. Multiple times. You just order a plate of bacon. Um, delicious. And, and that, Get and a I, couple pieces of toast. Forget the lettuce and tomato. Just uh, bring on the bacon. And I've seen you order it, and along with it comes a side of coronary and clogged artery. <laughs> Tell you what, you're writing your own ticket, buddy. You're writing your own ticket. You never know what you're going to hear. Be I, warned. I but uh, in any event, yes, everybody's all getting older, and uh, I just figured I'd share that with you. I really, I'm not kidding. Like I, my calf is like bruised because of it. It was it was bad. It was I didn't like it. Uh, speaking of the big news of the day, the federal government came out with what I called. I tweeted out today. Nobody's better at fake news than the government. Two hundred and twenty-seven thousand jobs created, seasonally adjusted. I got to throw that part in. I don't know. I still haven't figured out how you seasonally adjust a job. But we do. 227,000 jobs created, and they were all excited about it. Retail was by far the number one driver of jobs. And I don't know if the government doesn't pay attention to all the retailers that are shutting their doors. And then the other part is January. Everyone knows all the retailers lay people off in January. Part of the seasonal adjustment, they don't like to count those, by the way, because that's seasonal. But retail led the way. Amazon, by the way, did you see their earnings? I did not. Amazon, the earnings were okay, the earnings per share, but the revenue missed by more than a billion dollars. And, I mean, I guess that's like... It comes right off GDP would be my guess. That's a, that was a people were a little bit disappointed on that. The Federal Reserve was all over it this morning. Matter of fact, who did they send out? They sent out Evans. Yes, Fed Governor Evans was on the idiot box this morning talking about, you know, we need to be patient. We 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 we're forecasting GDP of two. And then he wanted really probably two, right? But then, you know, maybe two and a half, uh, but was calling for or kind of signaling. And this is really what just drove the market this morning. Signaling, yeah, forget about those three rate hikes. Not going to happen. Patriot Radio News Hour will be back. Patriot Radio News Hour, double J in the love on this first Friday of the month, also known as jobs week uh, the federal government's jobs report the 227,000 was the headline the thing that really was and, and, and it, it's weird Wall Street's excited there was a couple of different things one Donald Trump got rid of some Dodd-Frank reg- regulations uh, and it's going to get rid of more of them but the first one he got rid of which was you know 
I get it and I don't get it at the same time, but it was the one where when it comes to your retirement account that they have to act in your best interest. That was the first regulation that was done away. They don't have to act in your best interest now? Well, they never have. Come on. I mean, let's face it. The first and foremost is to act in the best interest of them. And then if that happens to benefit you, then so be it. But uh, that regulation went away today. Uh, There are going to be many more to follow. And I know I'm oversimplifying it because, let's face it, at the end of the day, any less government is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But in the jobs number, you know, like I said, the headline number, then you read where the jobs were created, and you kind of are like, really? Retail? And (laughs) one of the funny ones was clothing retail, which... We all know that's not true. They were the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of that. But, but nonetheless, forget about that. And the seasonal adjustment, you take that away. Wages. No improvement. And in a bunch of states just increased the minimum wage, and it really didn't have any effect. Wages disappointed again, rising just a tenth of a percent. It says, while the headline jobs jump was impressive, the much more volatile household survey. So the government, when they come out with this number, there's two different surveys at work here. The household survey, they don't like to use this number for the jobs part because it's always way less. But they use it for the unemployment rate. The household survey actually said jobs declined by 30,000. Well, the government said they're up by 227. You you decide. The unemployment rate did rise to 4.8%, but there was a sharp decline for those working in the age group of 25 to 54 again. I don't know how to explain it. I mean now I mean this is this is almost turning into to the endangered species. This is when most people need to be working. Which kinda tells you again the trend is part time minimum wage low paying jobs. And this report was more of the same. It said uh uh, which And so get to the thing that, that made it interesting. Wall Street actually liked that. Because they said, okay, that reaffirms what we thought about. Remember, the Federal Reserve had their meeting this week. Absolutely. And they didn't say anything about rate hikes. And they got this, you know, very predictable pattern. If the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates, they need to talk about it at least at a minimum of the meeting before, because they meet every six weeks. If they don't talk about hiking rates in, in let's just say, the meeting that was Wednesday, that means, hey, we're not going to raise rates at the next meeting either. And and then there's there's another little nuance. And this is kind of like I said, this is almost uh, 
like made for TV. It's all fake. It's all made to give the illusion that they're, you know, working and all of these things and, and we've got this plan and so they have four me they have eight meetings a year. Okay. Four of those meetings have no press conference after the meeting is over. So they all come in on Tuesday. They meet Tuesday. They meet again on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. I, I mean, it doesn't, apparently it doesn't even take very long. Right? They all show up on Tuesday, and, and by Wednesday afternoon, the meetings are over. I mean, it's not like they meet, you know, for five days a week. Now they just meet, you know, a day and a half and call it good every six weeks. Four of the eight meetings, there is no press conference, so you don't get Janet Yellen. You just get, oh, by the way, here's the statement we'd like to release. It was like a page. It's, you know, three, four paragraphs max. They now don't like to raise rates, apparently. This is the new rules. You know, you got to keep up with it. During non-press conference meetings. So now, and and today, after the lackluster jobs and really the wages part, they really, there's no wage pressure, which kind of, once again, goes directly against their story about all of the tight labor market and all of this stuff and whatnot. So now they're saying, next meeting, no rate hike. And there, that's one, there's going to be a press conference. The following meeting, six weeks after that, is a non-press conference meeting, so no rate hike there. Then the next one, which is now all the way into the summer, is the first chance that there could be, maybe, possibly, a rate hike. And the Federal Reserve will have all of this time to collect more data to see what's going to happen. And so now you're seeing, you know, gold rising, gold again back up to twelve twenty, silver's at seventeen and a half dollars. Wall Street's up 170 points for two reasons. One, they no longer believe there's going to be three rate hikes, which let's face it, if you listen here, I I told you that when it happened. Two Donald Trump's going to make things a little easier on the bank, right? They're going to re, they're going to walk back some of the Dodd Frank reg, reg, uh, regulation uh, today, being the first one, which was the rule to protect retirement accounts, and they said it was uh, misintended, and so they they scrapped that rule, and Trump promises to cut even more regulation as he continues uh, in his first term here in office. So so you got two things really at work. And really three things. Started Wednesday, and this is why gold and silver are both at the highs for the year. Started Wednesday when the Federal Reserve was dead quiet. Well, the economy is kind of the same, and uh, yes, well, thanks for coming. I mean, that was really the whole thing. Then we got the jobs number today, which 
it's anywhere from 227,000 to negative 30,000. I mean, you, you real close. Who knows? Throw a dart. Right? Let's just pick a number. And the fact that the the category of 25 to 54-year-olds in the workforce plummeted again and wages didn't grow. And all of those things are really, when you start thinking about what that really would be indicative of, if you went back 20 years ago and that was the data, right, they'd be talking about cutting rates, not raising rates. They'd be talking about we've got an employment problem, not trying to convince us that we're at full employment. But, but again, when they're able to rewrite history and nobody calls them out on it, why not? I mean, if you're able to just make up a story and nobody was going to contradict you and they would just let you tell your story, you know, it, it, why not? I don't blame them. I know, I got it. You know, you think when they had that meeting that they were like, what do you think they'll buy? You know, you think if we say this, they'll buy? And the other one's going, you know what? I think I think we can sell that. And, and here's what we're going to do. Okay, first, Evan, you're first. So on Friday, you're going to go out. And you're going to sound optimistic, but not too optimistic. You're going to go out there and say, you know, they're good. They're not great. You know what? I don't know. We think about two. You know what? We'll say two to two and a half. And I'm thinking, when did 2% GDP become good? Especially if they say, by the way, we want 2% inflation. So when you take the inflation, by the way, when you, if you, you take GDP, less inflation to get to real growth. Because all this inflation is, is they want everything in the country to cost 2% more. Now, as John Williams pointed out last week, hey, you know, they rewrote history and changed all of the numbers. And if you went back to how we tracked inflation just 25, 30 years ago, that the inflation rate would be 7. So if you had 2% GDP growth and inflation of 7, real growth would be negative 5. But we'll use the Fed's 2% number and the Fed's 2% number. 2% GDP, 2% inflation. Two minus two equals zero. So at the best case, the best case scenario today, Fed Governor Evans came out, said GDP growth of 2%, inflation of 2%, because he did. He said, hey, our inflation, we're about at our target. Means even the Federal Reserve knows even with the illusion, there's no growth in America. And when, really, when you looked at the jobs report today, 
That's really what you saw. Because the 227 is a made-up number. So can we use made-up number? I guess we could. You guess we could? I, I mean, isn't that a common? Thing? They just made it up, right? Hey, we seasonally adjusted it to 227. It could have been 177, 127. It could have been 327. It really didn't matter because they just made it up. But really what does matter? Wage growth matters? There was none. By the way, the people that are supposed to be doing the majority of the work in this country, 25 to 54-year-olds, there was less. I mean, what does that really say? Why aren't they talking about it? What I want to know is, what are these people doing? I guess they're, I don't know, are they protesting? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Well, I think that they're doing nothing, and it's okay because America's so distracted by the protesting, by the riots, by the behavior of the left. You know, there's just so much distracting stuff that they're letting it go. It really is distracting. But the realities are this is a day when you have two different sets of data points, one that is real and one that isn't. The one that's real said we lost 30,000 jobs, and the one that's fake said we created 227,000. You be the judge. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Eminent domain is the power of government to acquire private property at a market price in order to build roads, schools, hospitals, airports, and other government structures. In an unpopular ruling more than a decade ago, the Supreme Court held by a 5-4 margin that the town of New London could force Suzette Kilo to sell her home in order to transfer it to a private developer. The city won that case and seized her property, but then the development fell through and the property sat unoccupied for years. Amid public outrage following that decision, states passed laws to protect against government taking property for private uses. Georgia, for example, passed a landowner's bill of rights, which limits eminent domain specifically to only roads and other governmental uses. Some attorneys devote their careers to working on eminent domain cases, and more than a thousand reported eminent domain decisions were rendered in the last two years alone, mostly in state courts. President Donald Trump, himself a successful developer, declared that eminent domain is an absolute necessity during a primary debate. His support of eminent domain did not derail his candidacy, but he probably won't be exercising eminent domain as president. It takes three to five hours to drive from Houston to Dallas, Texas, where the population is booming and road construction cannot keep up. Unlike the Northeast, Texas lacks high-speed trains between cities. Well, entrepreneurs want to build a train that will travel at more than 205 miles per hour to reduce the transit time to only 90 minutes. 
The Texas Central Railroad plans to spend $10 billion on this project, with the goal of operating at least 60 trains a day between Houston and Dallas. But it first needs to acquire property in between these cities. It has filed 38 lawsuits against landowners along the route who will not cooperate in allowing the railroad to assess how much the property is worth for an eminent domain proceeding. A state court judge has set a trial date for July in one of these cases, which will determine whether this company has the power of eminent domain to build its railroad. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Want to join the spirited debate over issues you care about? At PSEagles.com, conservative strategists are blogging about education, radical feminism, climate change, national security, parental rights, and other issues you care about. Stay informed and add your own comments at pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Page of the Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. In the first 12 days, since Donald Trump took the oath of office. It says that the Secret Service has received, or is, I don't know, found, with people are crazy, 12,000 tweets calling for the assassination of Donald Trump. They're going to be uh, busy. They're going to be busy going out and arresting those people. The, they say the posts are basic. Many are jokes psych, sarcastic or, you know, hyperbole? But there's a lot of them. And they say that the Twitter post since the inauguration containing assassinate Trump was more, uh, more than 12,000 of them. The U.S. Secret Service doesn't seem to be jumping onto many of these posts. Apparently, they're not uh, all that worried about. When asked several users about their recent post, all of them said that they hadn't been contacted by anyone about their post, and they all remain up. There have been reports of agents knocking on doors of social media users. If someone was cruel enough to assassinate MLK, maybe, all right, blah, blah, blah. So apparently they don't do a whole lot. So I guess like Madonna, she's probably safe. Well, yeah. it, it it is illegal. You know, the other thing I'll tell you in, in some of these protests and riots, they're, they're flat out tagging buildings with spray paint that they killed Trump. You know, and, and I, I, again... It's just another way of whining and crying, you know? It's, it's all it is, a negative, divisive movement of, okay, now kill Trump. They're, they're just being, uh, how can I say it? It's civil unrest because they lost. Don't you agree? They just lost and can't get over it. Because to this point, people are saying impeach Trump. But my only thought is, it's what you said a moment ago, 12 days okay. into it. Okay, what are we, 15 days into it now? I mean, honestly, what has he done? He's only, the only thing that he's done is created action that would meet his promises in, in his campaign, which were, I'm going to, you know, uh, secure our borders, I'm going to build a wall. All the movement, all the, you know, the, the, the preamble starting, 
so that he can accomplish his goal. It is really funny. He hasn't done anything yet that warrants impeachment. He hasn't done. Any, has he said some things that may be questionable? Well, to the to the left, absolutely. But what's un, another interesting thing is his approval rating actually went up since day one. Well, it depends on which poll you want to look at. Well, right? the one I look at says he went up. Okay. And the thing I'll tell you, he's gone from a, a, a you know a forty two percent approval rating to what a fifty two. You you can find an approval rating for Donald Trump that's as wide as the discrepancy in today's jobs number. Well, based on the percentage of the survey I took, there's three of us in the office, all three said he's okay. <laughs> he's got a 100% approval rating with the Patriot Trading Group. I took a, an, an independent survey. survey <laughs> that consisted of Arlene, Joe Jaquit, Homer Lopez, and I said, we approve. We approve. This message is brought to you by four out of five dentists who surveyed. Never mind. I apologize, bad joke. We continue. I digress. I thought that was a good joke. That was funny. I that thought funny. that was That's hilarious. Funny. So the other big thing, so so we have no action from the Fed, a jobs number that the headline number was good, but that was about it. The other big news was the executive action formed by the president which he's directing to the Labor Department, which is funny. I didn't realize. Well, I guess it was because it really concerns 401K. They are going to delay the implementation. They're going to review a rule designed to prevent conflicts of interest when advisors give retirement advice. Of course, that was the one where they wanted them to only operate in your best interest. We think they have exceeded their authority with this rule. We think this is something that is completely overreaching. This was from the Trump administration. The retirement advice rule issued by the Obama administration, and really, I really kind of thought this rule was to get rid of all the little financial planners was set to take effect in April. So this was part of the... Now, you know what's funny? What part they didn't take out? What didn't they take out? They didn't take out the part where, oh, by the way, if some, if things get real bad again and you want to sell your stuff, right? you want to sell your money market, you want to sell your IRA, you want to get out of the market, they didn't take that part out. You know, the one where they can now prevent you from doing so? Um... Opponents argued the, result, the the rule would result in high costs that will all, all ultimately make small accounts unprofitable. In other words, well, if we don't get if we're not allowed to overcharge these little accounts, and I say overcharge, but you know how it is. You know, you, the the little guy always ends up paying the the bigger amount, it's unprofitable. And here's the problem. The vast majority of Americans with a retirement account have small amounts, right? Amounts under $50,000. Some lawsuits were filed against the rule by Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and Morgan Stanley. The Labor Department estimated that it could cost firms 
as much as $31 billion over the next decade. So I don't know how they come up with that number, but to me, that sounds like, hey, we we probably hit the the retirees or the workers who are putting money into the 401k, we overcharge them by, by $3 billion a year. Just $3 billion? Yeah. What's $3 billion? No worries. You know, you think about Amazon missed its revenue by a billion dollars. You know what made me, when you said that earlier today that they missed their, does Amazon, is Amazon projecting layoffs for this year? No, oh, absolutely not. They're, they're but they can miss projecting by a billion dollars? Revenue, they, revenue, 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 that's sales, rev, sales. Yeah, but they can miss a billion and not have any layoffs? Well, they had $43 billion in revenue, and they were, the street was expecting $44 billion, which, again, is just more of a, everyone was a little too optimistic about the Christmas sales. That was kind of my spin on it all along. I never bought that all along. But the the, the realities are, yeah, yeah. I think Amazon will be, they'll be the only retailer, I think, that hires people this year. How's that? At least in the 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 mall type area, they'll be the only retailer that's actually had a job. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. As we really are starting to to really get the first real pieces of economic data for 2017 and and really playing out just like we thought. Right? Amazon missed by a billion dollars in revenue. The jobs number... I mean, you got... You know, as I tweeted out today, no one does fake news better than the government. The real important numbers in there, which is all about what? Wages. You're not making any money. By the way, 25 to 54, more of them are gone. I don't know where they go. You know, invasion of the body snatcher, I don't know if they come down like in a ship and they beam them up or, or what they do. They're just gone. And nobody talks about it. I mean, I talk about it. I've been talking about it. But I've yet to turn on the television and hear anybody talk about it. What I'd like to know is what happened to these people. Take yesterday's number, first-time jobless claims, another number that they seasonally adjust. Why? I don't know. Their explanation for why is, oh, we, we want to smooth out the data. As if we're unsophisticated enough that we wouldn't understand the normal ebb and flow of market, right? That's what they want you to believe. Just like that commercial where they try to tell you no matter what, you always, you know, stocks go up, you make money. Stocks go down, you make money, right? Well, you know, same thing. We want to put the best spin on everything all the time. 
But I, what I would like to know, so you take yesterday's number, right, and one of the big things Janet Yellen talks about, oh, jobless claims are, you know, we haven't seen these numbers since the 70s. And she's right, we haven't. These numbers are crazy low. And here's the funny part. When you think about, you know, quarter of a million people, and we're saying that's a crazy low number, quarter of a million people a week, file unemployment benefits for the very first time. That number used to be, you know, 275, and then somewhere along the way they determined that 300,000 was the difference between good or bad. And then over 300,000 people a week, then we got trouble. That's kind of, you know, what they want you to believe. Who decided that, I don't know. But somewhere along the way, that's what they decided was a good or a bad number. So when you sit there and you think about this logically, and you're saying, wait a minute, we've been under 300,000 for like years now. Years. You would think that wage pressure would be incredible. You would think that the number of people not in the workforce would be plummeting. Now, I will say this. Last month, we were at a record high. This month, it did go down. It did go down some, so that's a, you know, that's a bonus. Of course, even that doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's a different show. The continuing claims number in that same report so first they give you two, like on Thursday, there's really two pieces of data. How many people filed for the very first time? And then how many people continue to file? In other words, I got laid off, I got fired, the company went out of business. I filed for unemployment last week. I'm filing again this week, and I'm filing, you know, right? I am keep filing. In other words, I haven't been able to find work. That number's been growing now for over a year. And yet they're saying the unemployment rate is falling. And what happens to these people? After a year, they stop counting you. Did you know that? You no longer exist in the eyes of the government when it comes to jobs. So when you sit there and you see the amount of people not in the workforce, that means, hey, listen, you've exhausted your unemployment benefits, and you've gone a year, and we no longer consider you in the workforce. What does that say exactly? Is there really 95 million people that don't want to work? Now, Let's not kid ourselves. There's a big portion of them that really don't because they're old. They're retired. But what about the rest of them? Why aren't wages rising? Why isn't the work week rising? By the way, I don't know if you saw this. There was a study done now where they're saying if you work more than 39 hours a week, it could be bad for your health. 39. Yeah, we're 39. Yeah, 39. But, uh, but don't worry. I think by, you know, give it 10 years, that number will be down to 29. 
You know what I'm saying? Hey, if you work more than 29 hours a week, it'll be bad for your health. They'll, they'll get there. And then you look at GDP, you look at all of these things, and, and it doesn't make sense. You know, I liken it to the, the Sesame Street. Well, I don't know why. I, I, I love Sesame Street. I don't even know if it's still on. Probably, is it? I don't know. i, I got to be honest with you. I couldn't tell you. But you know the one where they had the, the four squares, and which one of these doesn't belong? Absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? Hey, when you put all the data that that goes in there, which one of these doesn't belong? And the answer really is simple. It's the claim that with job market is back. That's the one that doesn't belong. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't Belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? <laughs> Ramon, you're on top of it. Happy Friday. By the way, there really is a ton of data that the government puts out today. They only tell you the make-believe number, which is, in the government calls it the U3. And, of course, this is a, a fictitious, seasonally adjusted number that comes up with an unemployment rate of 4.8%. However, the government does track other things. How many, like I asked that question, how many of these people that they decide not to count are out there, right? You know, hey, I haven't had a job in a year. I, I, I'm out of unemployment benefits, but I still want to work. Do we have uh, a report for that? Does Absolutely. It? It's called the U6. Now, the U6 takes all of those people into account. It also takes into account all the people that, yeah, I've got a job, but I'm only working four hours a week. I'm only working eight hours a week. I want to work 40, or I want, even if I want to work 20. So they're called discouraged and underemployed. Okay, so so you have the fake 4.8 number. Let me tell you what happened to the U6 number today. That number last month was 9.2%. Just a little higher than the 4.8. That number actually rose in January. Now, the government told you 227,000 jobs were created, yet somehow... 9.4% 9.4% of people are now in the U6, which means, boy, I want I want a better job, right? I want a, a job that, that has more hours, or I want any job. But since I'm exhausted by so, my unemployment benefits, the government doesn't count me anymore. And then you start to really get the picture 
of why it is that Wall Street was so happy today. Because they know, wow, that's actually worse. There's more people discouraged or underemployed this month than last month. And that number is starting to rise again. So again, which one of these doesn't belong? The household survey says negative 30,000 jobs. The U6 says, hey, it actually got worse. More people that want to work can't find it. Wages. No growth in wages. Or we created 227,000 jobs this month. Well, you know the one that they want you to believe. But this is why you tune in each and every day, each and every week. Patriot Radio News Hour. It's been a great week for gold, a great week for silver. Call and get some 800-951-0592. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday.